I'm Dr. Orion Taraban, and this is Psychax, Better Living Through Psychology. And the topic of today's short talk is passport bros and international dating. So this is a topic that has come up frequently in the comments of several of my videos, and it's a topic that I've been requested to discuss by many people over the last several months. If you're unfamiliar with the subject, Passport bros is the collective term for a movement among Western and specifically American men who are increasingly pursuing mating and dating opportunities abroad. These are guys who are flying to places like South America and Southeast Asia and the Middle East in order to access sexual opportunities that they argue aren't available in their home country. And I'm going to respond to this phenomenon through the lens of my recent experiences spending a month in the country of Japan. Now, I'm not very knowledgeable about this phenomenon, but to be honest, there was always something about the Passport Bros movement that felt a little sleazy and pathetic. Without really examining it, my perspective was similar to the prevailing attitude, which was something like, this movement was for guys who were too low status or unattractive to beat out their intrasexual competition here. They couldn't get laid in the States, so they basically engage in geo-arbitrage to leverage a relative advantage that wouldn't exist in their home country. My attitude was something like only guys who couldn't get what they want from women here would need to uproot their whole lives and travel halfway around the world, which kind of made these men out to be conniving beta males. That was my attitude before spending a month in Japan. That is no longer my attitude now. Having spent a month in that country, I think I better understand where this movement might be coming from. And I definitely don't think it's just for loser men who can't get laid in America. Allow me to explain. From the perspective of my interests and preferences, the quality of the women in Japan was significantly superior to the quality of the women in the Bay Area. Like, not by a little, by orders of magnitude. Let me break down some of the various factors that go into that statement. First of all, the women in Japan are slender and physically healthy. I spent a month in some of the largest cities in the world, and I must have seen 10 overweight women in that entire time, half of whom were little old ladies. And these overweight women weren't morbidly obese. They were like plump maybe 20 or 30 pounds overweight max. Most Western women literally couldn't buy clothes in Japan. The vast majority of Japanese women are slender and physically fit, which is appealing because it's not only attractive, but it indicates a compatible value as well. Like, I want people who care about their health. Second, these women are feminine. They wear dresses and heels and makeup. They tend to dress more conservatively than Western women. No tight clothes, no showing a lot of skin. The feminine ideal there seems to be like softly elegant, flowing, and modest, and dignified. And these aren't 1950s housewives. These are women who, for the most part, are working professionals. They have modern ideas. They are educated and accomplished, but they haven't thrown out more traditional conceptualizations of female beauty. This is not something you can easily find in the West anymore, and you can't find it at all in the Bay Area, at all. And I find feminine women very attractive. It resonates with me and inspires me to be even more masculine. 
Now, before I go any further, if you're liking what you're hearing, please consider sending this episode to someone who might benefit from its message because it's word of mouth referrals like this that really help to make the channel grow. You can also hit the thanks button and tip me in proportion to the value you feel you derive from this episode. It's your donations that make all this possible. I don't do the product placements and the corporate sponsorships of other channels of this size. And trust me, I get like 50 different offers a day. This helps me stay independent and it helps me to do what I need to do to keep the channel going. So thank you very much for your support. All right. Third, the women in Japan are extremely respectful. Every woman I interacted with there was extremely warm and friendly. They were receptive to conversation and they seemed to enjoy, or at least very effectively pretended to enjoy, speaking with me. Even more, they were solicitous about my feelings and seemed concerned that I should enjoy the interaction as well. I didn't experience a single indifferent or disrespectful word, tone, or glance from a woman in a month. This made approaching and talking to women in Japan a much less fraught experience than it is in the U.S. The women I spoke to seemed to take pleasure in the attention and in the dialogue. Nothing about the interaction indicated that they were annoyed or offended that I was interested in talking to them. Fourth, while a kind of chivalry exists in Japan, it's an inverted version of what we have here. In Japan, men come first. Women come second. It's difficult to appreciate how deeply the romantic ideology permeates our manners until you go to a completely different culture. For instance, one day I was walking towards the main entrance of a building at pretty much the same time as a woman. My natural instinct was to get there first and hold the door open for her. However, when I did so, she refused to walk through it, making a show of great embarrassment. And I later realized that in that culture, it would have been embarrassing for her if I had allowed myself to disrespect myself in that way for her sake. Another example. Many years ago, I spent some weeks in Japan studying buto dance in an immersive program. The first night of the program at the General Assembly, we heard a long speech on how the organizers miscalculated the number of futons they needed for the students. Apparently, there would not be enough beds for everyone, so the women would have to sleep on the bare floor without cushions or sheets until the problem was rectified. Now, there were a couple other Westerners in the audience, and I remember we were just looking at each other in disbelief. To say we were shocked would not be an understatement. The idea that the women were going to sleep on the ground while the men were going to sleep in the beds felt completely unnatural to us. However, our way of doing things is just as unnatural to Japanese sensibilities. That's starting to change more and more as Western ideologies continue to infiltrate Japanese society. But the important thing here is to understand that a lot of what many people believe to be the natural dynamic between men and women is really very culturally bounded and culturally specific. And to be honest, it felt good to be honored for being a man. Like, it's not a bad thing to be a man in Japan. In fact, it seems to come with some privileges that are more commensurate to the responsibilities that men generally take on. So let's recap. On the whole, Japanese women are slender and physically fit, feminine and demure, friendly and courteous, and respectful and appreciative. 
Not all Japanese women, I'm sure, but the vast majority of them, as far as I could tell. When I spoke with them, the feeling I got was that they felt lucky to be interacting with me, which is a total reversal of the attitude you generally encounter in the West. I've gone on a lot of dates in my day, and the prevailing vibes were either A, that I should feel lucky that the woman was allowing me to buy her a drink, or B, that the woman needed to make sure I could give her what she wanted by conducting the date like a job interview. There's a lot of entitlement and narcissism here. It's all about her. On the other hand, my sense is that in Japan, women feel grateful for the opportunity to be there, grateful for the opportunity to be considered as a potential partner. It was extremely refreshing, to say the least. Now, I'm not a fragile guy. I'm not a loser who can't get laid. I'm not poor or low status or unattractive. I'm not a guy without options. I don't need to travel halfway around the world to have satisfying relationships with women. But I now understand why it's in men's best interest to seek out the most advantageous marketplaces. It's like, regardless of whether you're a novice or a master fisherman, if you want to catch a certain kind of fish, it makes sense to go where there are more of those fishes. High-value men who have lots of sexual opportunity in the West will still travel to other places where they can get more of what they want more easily. That's not pathetic. That's rational and efficient. Even millionaires don't like paying more than they need to, even though they could afford to do so. And Western women are extremely expensive. Men here generally have to pay more for less relative to other marketplaces. So I'm much more sympathetic to this movement after spending a month abroad. What do you think? Does this fit with your own experience? Let me know in the comments below. And if you've gotten this far, you might as well like this episode and subscribe to this channel. You may also consider becoming a channel member with perks like the priority review of comments or booking a paid consultation. As always, thank you for listening.